It's not always interesting. It's not always fun. But sometimes it is words that you listen to. Hi, Gregory. Hi, Thomas. How are you? You were asking people, what is your opinion of the actor Nicholas Cage? C-A-G-E-F-I-G-A-G. Don't be looking at her too hard now. This is a very different and weird question. Oh, my God. I really like how he doesn't seem to give a fuck what anyone thinks about him. This is Fight! And I think that's kind of badass. Welcome to Cage Fight. I'm gonna drink me a beer. Picture the scene. You've just listened to him from Chocolate Rain say welcome to Cage Fight, and him from the weird mannequin lady and real life human saying he's gonna fetch himself a beer. You're settled in. Oh, your headphones are inside your ear holes. And you hear the British and the American coming together once more to discuss movies. You wonder. Am I comfortable enough? Should I pause this episode and go get myself a drink? No. I will be here for 30 to 50 minutes and listen to what they say. I know what films they're discussing already. I've read the episode title. Oh, look at that bit of artwork from Lunchbox. Everything is in place for me to say my name is Gregory Aikman. And I am here with... Thomas Beeman. And why are we here? What are we doing, Thomas? We are here to discuss Nicolas Cage movies like never seen or done before. We're exploding onto the scene with explosions. (laughs) Nicolas Cage's. Hey! (laughs) And references that you probably won't get because, let's be honest, uh, you're either too young or we're too nerdy. Bernard, don't be a tuner head. That's one of them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's one of them that that uh and oh would you like another coffee that's nico from broken sword 2 <laughs> oh. we're, we're hitting it we're getting them with it so that's right we are here with another episode of cage fight we are ex- I, I don't know about you thomas i'm excited about this one because i'm going to be talking about prisoners of the ghost land what are you talking about i'm talking about kick ass <laughs> that's right kick ass amazing i am not looking at the wiki page for nico from broken sword nico from broken sword is amazing all right that is that that, that is that is what's going i'm gonna on. have to hold i'll hold you to it it's honestly it's true it's 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 true in which case would you like to would you like to kick this off i, I would like ass? to <laughs> kick the ass of this podcast into overdrive starting with kick ass kick ass is a film came out in 2010 oh wow uh, that long ago yeah it feels it makes me feel old for sure because it feels like it came out two days ago Mm. it stars aaron taylor johnson from such films as Kick-Ass, nice. Nicolas Cage, <laughs> and uh, uh, Chloe Grace Morez. Morez? Uh, Chloe Grace Morez from uh, Carrie. From Carrie fame. H- have you seen Kick-Ass? Before? I have, of course I have, yeah. We've, we've all seen yeah, Kick-Ass. I feel, I feel like a lot of people have seen Kick-Ass, so if you're unfamiliar with Kick-Ass, it's based on... A comic book. Didn't see that coming, did you? Based on a comic book, the idea or the premise of the comic book was like, hey, what if actual 
for realsies, superheroes tried to do a thing. Like, how would that look like? Mm. And the answer is this movie. <laughs> so we start with uh, the main character, Dave Lewinsky. He is a teenager in high school, and he fantasizes about superheroes. He he has this like eternal question of like, man, like we worship at the throne of all these superheroes and we have all this fascination with them. And yet for real in real life, why don't we have one? It makes zero sense mm. that we strive to be many things and none of which are superheroes. So he adopts the uh, persona of kick-ass and he tries to fight crime and it goes terribly for him to the extent where he has to undergo many evasive surgeries mm. to which ha has actually strengthened his bones and made him uh, slightly more tolerant <laughs> to pain. He essentially uh, has Wolverining at him, doesn't he? Yeah, basically. Uh, and this is enough for him to just keep doing it, right? Like, this is enough inkling to get him to, like, continue to pursue this career. What I like about this character is what everyone liked about the comic book. It was, like, he doesn't have anything like he doesn't have all your typical tropes of superhero origins um, he has a dead parent but they died of an aneurysm mm. yeah not nothing to revenge there right <clears throat> no that's uh, good. he doesn't have a lot of money he doesn't have anything he just wants to be a superhero and he's one part of basically three parts of the story the other part being nicholas cage's character and chloe's character uh damien and mindy mac ready Damien MacReady was a cop who was in the uh, drug enforcement sector of law enforcement and basically shady shit happened. His wife, he got put in jail, uh, framed. His wife, who was pregnant, committed suicide, but gave birth shortly before. Cage, Cage's character gets out of jail, meets up with Mandy again, and he basically trains her to be a superhero. They're the this particular relationship is what I'll talk most ab about because yeah. it's really fun. Uh, but the other slice, the other wedge to this is Christopher uh, Mint Plaza's character, Chris DiMacchio, who is the son of a crime boss. So he's the bad guy of the film. You're very traditional kingpin type <laughs> dude played by Mark Strong. Fantastic actor yeah uh what a i i love this guy he's the best bad dude of all time uh and he he always shows up the man always shows up for work it is fantastic the idea is that like he bait like christopher's character like baits the other heroes in order to stop them from being superheroes that's kind of the idea of the film the relationship between damian mcready and mindy is like He's he's training this his daughter to seek revenge on um, specifically the mob boss yeah. uh, who set him up and caused all these terrible things for them. Their relationship is wild. The first scene you, you see, like he shoots her with a gun so she can knows what it's like to be shot. But his attitude in this, if you've seen the film, you'll know exactly what I'm saying about. But the, the character he's <coughs> emphasizing hmm is such a like 50s dad era like a leave it to beaver type guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah uh, definitely that is like 
yeah, it's and it's strongly juxtaposed with the fact that he's like murdering people. <laughs> like that. So it's it's quite it's quite crazy. It's a fun film. Uh it speaks to our obsession with superheroes, especially in like this era, right? Like we are still in it sort of. Mm. We're kind of waning out of it. But in this era, we like there's still ridiculous amount of hero worship with the Marvel movies. Yeah. And it's getting a bit this, much, isn't it? Like just Yeah, it's Yeah, a lot of people were tired of it before, but they're really tired of it now for sure. <laughs> um, even like the people who hung in there like myself for a very long time, mm. I'm just I'm, I'm starting to wane from it, but it yeah, it really speaks to like the kind of the stupidity of it and but it ends up being like a a nice little film that kind of wraps up in a heroic way. So it's sort of a satire, but also like totally leaning into the tropes of it. So don't expect much beyond the satire of it being a superhero film. I always, um, I always get it confused with, um, have you seen the film super? Mm, I don't think so. No, it stars Elliot page and, him from the American office who plays Dwight, you know? Okay, no, I've ne- I've definitely never seen the film. And it's this, it's this similar thing. I always get Kick-Ass and Super confused because Super is mm. uh, Dwight, not not Dwight in the film, but whatever. Like, <laughs> uh, Dwight decides he's going to be a superhero to uh, help, help out. He's just annoyed with people being bullied and mugged and stuff mm. like that. So he dresses up as a superhero, but he's got no super strength or superpowers, and his superpower, superhero weapon is a wrench that's been painted red, so he just beats people to death. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's. I mean, that sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, it's an excellent film, and it does a lot of similar things that Kick-Ass does, like talks about our fascination mm. with... Uh, our need to be saved and our fascination with superheroes. Oh, listeners. So we're having some technical difficulties. Um, This is honestly the first time I think it's happened uh, ever. So it's pretty interesting out of... uh, I think we're headed towards 30 30 podcasts now and we've been recording like overseas for a lot of those episodes and this is the first time it's really like gone haywire to the to this degree so i kind of count ourselves lucky on this point but technology these days right right guys so is technology these days so good right it's 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 been great we we record uh we don't record over discord we record separately uh but we communicate over discord so I don't know, a lot of people say they have issues with Discord, and I, I've never really had that many problems um, in terms of, like, running it as a program and also speaking through it. So, yeah, again, it's the first time, and, you know, hopefully we can get it solved today. It'd be a shame if uh, we've got some... Re- uh, we have to finish this recording, and then we have, like... Um, two more recordings no no sorry this is our second one we have one more after this so it'd be a shame if we had to drop it um and i realize like probably all of this will get cut out completely and that's perfectly fine you know but maybe there's a way we can come back to it maybe he'll do something funny with it you know because greg edits uh the podcast maybe he'll do something funny with it i don't know 
I'm just leaving up to him to figure that part out because I'm sure he'll do something hilarious. Or not. He doesn't have to. I don't give a shit. Like, he can throw this all away and it'll be fine with me. <sighs> well, it's just you and me, huh? Oh, okay. hello, Greg. Hello. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Beautiful. Okay. Um, I just... Yep. I wasn't saying anything about you that entire time. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I suppose him from McLovin, who's in this film, right? Yes, McLovin's in here. Yeah, he plays the, the kid. He's kind of... the bad guy. He's kind of like the modern version of Leo Fitzpatrick, isn't he? You know what? Uh, I guess you're, that would be correct, yeah. I think that's an adequate comparison he seems to yeah he seems to fit that thing so yeah uh, kick-ass obviously we're we're familiar with it but it it is a wonderful movie and cage does do Mm -hmm. a great great job in it he does his character it's pretty cool so i i think like the most rememberable part of the film at least in my opinion is when his character gets tied up tortured Mm. uh with kick-ass um although also the name of his his superhero name is called Big Daddy. Kind of crazy. <laughs> kind of upsetting <laughs> nowadays, but you know, retrospect. Uh but anyways, him and Big Daddy and Kickass tied up getting tortured by the bad guys cuz they're going to reveal their face and then uh Mindy's character Hit Girl comes in and uh as he is doused with kerosene and set ablaze, he's like screaming out like uh like helping her with like tactical decisions yeah to keep her safe uh during this huge fight and uh that's been so i can't forget about that scene because i that's the coolest part in my opinion like set a fire but he still really cares about his girl and uh is trying to help her you know still still coaching still teaching and and uh that was probably the coolest point, I think. And I'm not sure you could have got anyone better for the role than Cage. Like, I think that's a good point. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree. Because he often does have roles where he's quite, where he is literally or figuratively very paternal, uh, very protective, mm. and like it, it, his role in Kickass reminds me of his role in Snowden, where where he's he's there a small mm. part but a very important part where he's just giving Snowden a lot of the information and yeah. the encouragement to go forward and do what he has to do. Same here. Because yeah. how long is he on screen? It's got to only be like 10 minutes or something in Kick-Ass. Yeah, he's in, he's in there like a fraction of the, of the total scenes, uh, mostly because it's focused around a different character. Yeah. And then, of course, he, he dies. But, uh, yeah, it's it's great. It's What, what we get of him is nice. Mm. What he's doing is interesting and different and yet fun and it still feels like it's placed well in the film and uh, um are you familiar with the comics have you read any of them or anything you know i actually read i was reading kick-ass before the film released because back in the 2010s Mm. that's just the kind of fucker i was yeah yeah i was just like well gotta read the comic books so when i go to the movies and watch the movie i can tell everybody just how it's not like the comic books <laughs> i think uh, that's fair actually enough. they the the character did this instead and 
they they didn't actually go to this location. <laughs> uh, they actually, did you know that in the comic books they uh, kick ass? They tie, uh, they uh, electrocuted his ball sack instead. Well, the thing is, yeah, I it's... I agree with you, but for different reasons, right? Uh, obvi- <laughs> okay. Obviously, the the idea of going like, well, actually, this is rubbish because I know better. Silliness, and we all do that when we're younger, and hopefully, people grow out of it. But what I do enjoy doing is reading the comics or reading the book or whatever it is before watching a film. Because I find it interesting seeing what choices they made. Obviously, it's going to be different. Yeah. But it's really exciting to go sort of like, oh, this whole character. Like, like um, I did it with yeah. The Walking Dead. I read all of the comics. And I, I love the TV show even now. But I read all the comics, and it's really exciting going like, oh, well, that character is an yeah. amalgamation of these two characters, and you've swapped those characters around, and why did you do that? Like, trying to yeah. work out yeah. what the choices, why the choices were made, I find really exciting. I started doing it for all the wrong reasons, mm. but I still do it today for the for those exact reasons, because, like, you know, for instance, like, Preacher, mm. the yeah. whole first season was essentially the first uh, book, right? Yeah. It, it, so, like... I was like, oh, this is crazy. They're like taking this whole small section and they're giving it all this life and room and expansion to like mm. breathe and settle. And and it's, yeah, I, I agree. I do love that comparison. Like I said, I, I started doing it to be an asshole. Yeah, as we all do. found yeah. value out of it, <laughs> which is crazy. Which is the best, <laughs> you know? is, it, it is the best yeah, hero's sometimes journey. Sometimes you can... Yeah, sometimes you can take the wrong turn and get to the right destination. (laughs) But I'll tell you what, Preacher, that is one of my favorite comic to TV show adaptations. Yeah, it's actually, yeah, what they've done is good work. Yeah, Yeah. and even though the story is very different uh, from one to the Mm -hmm. other, I think the attitude and the heart of it, they've kept exactly the same, which I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, completely. I'm gonna have to read and watch Preacher all over again. They I? did the same thing with uh, Watchmen, the HBO series. Oh, really? I've, I was... Which is basically a per. Okay, I I know this is not a Nicolas Cage film. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Just, no, we're, we're, we're doing subject. comics. Um, it is, in my opinion, the perfect sequel. Like, there's never been a sequel to a thing better than the HBO series was to Watchmen. Oh, wow. I'll I'll have to. It's really good. I'll have to read the comics and watch the telly show. I watched the film and enjoyed that, but I was yeah. coming into that knowing nothing about the comics. Yeah, what Watchmen was literally the first thing I did. I bought the comic book, mm. then I watched the film. That's the first one I've done. I did. That's what started me on the route. Nice. And uh, but yeah, it's oh, Regina King mm. is. You know, I mean, we know she's amazing. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, unexplainably talented, <laughs> just insanely great. And uh, she does amazing, even more amazing work in the series. So highly recommend. But I'll, t- I'll tell you what, as as we move on to the next film, we're not moving far away from comics, Tom. Oh, Prisoners of the Ghostland, right? <laughs> not based on a comic, however... Oh. There was a comic was done as a prequel to the film. 
oh okay interesting this i i always find it interesting when they do stuff like that just like with with buffy where season eight of buffy is a mm. comic book and i think and season nine and it went up to season 10 i think i could be wrong but uh yeah they did the same with this prisoners of the ghostland which is one of the most fun films i've seen in a long time really yeah this is from 2021 okay i first of all the title sounds great and the comic book lead in sounds cool please tell me about this film this is directed by Sion sono who i like his films he did <laughs> okay he did things like anti-porno and uh love exposure lots of really uh extreme bizarre weird and really fun sexy and edgy and bizarre movies mm-hmm. uh, i mean the man himself a couple of question marks over that but prisoners of the ghostland <laughs> which is set in japan after a nuclear disaster and it's it's like a mashup of samurai movies wild west movies ne- oh. neo tokyo manga things okay so this isn't like the nuclear disaster it's like a far future far future picture all of those film all of those mangas all of those Mm. films and picture like um thingy with the uh motorbikes and that oh my god how do i have i forgot akira (laughs) akira akira yeah picture akira mixed with mad max mixed with the running man okay Okay, and you've okay. got the I'm sort here. of feel for it because it opens with Nick Cage. He does a bank robbery, gets arrested. Right after spending a while in prison, he's taken out by the gangster leader of Samurai Town, who wants him to complete a task and to rescue this leader's daughter from the Ghostland because she's been kidnapped by the mutants who live in the Ghostland. To ensure that Nicholas Cage complies with this request and doesn't run away, he is put in a one-piece leather suit, which has bombs on the arms, on the testicles, and on the neck. So... Okay. And basically, if he doesn't complete the task within three days, the neck bombs will go off, opening his throat, killing him. If he touches the daughter in an aggressive way, the arm bombs will go off. If he has any sexy thoughts about the daughter, the testicle bombs will go off. Oh, man, come on. <laughs> uh, come on, man. Yep. That, uh, and then off he goes, out of Samurai Town. I will say that another few times, because I really love that they just called it Samurai Town. Samurai Town. Cool. Uh, going yeah. to the Ghostland. Nick Cage's character's name is Hero. So he he goes off, drives off to um, try and do this. Occasionally, uh, various mutant baddies turn up, so he just gets into a fight with them. And just lovely, silly, extravagant action where all of the fights seem to be kind of like that bit in Indiana Jones where the guy's playing with the sword for ages and Indy just shoots him. And all Uh, all of that, right? Classic. And a lot of the travel to the ghost land is just showing off what the world looks like it's a barren desert wasteland with uh just weird cars like in mad max that everyone's in and occasionally gets chased occasionally doesn't he meets a fella called called Ratman, who just goes around <laughs> stealing parts of cars to take back to the ghost land yeah 
when he gets there it's this weird weird cult of people just talking about the coming apocalypse he finds the daughter he rescues her now he finds her it's hard to find her because all of the people they've kidnapped they've covered in mannequin parts so and they've also put just mannequins there so you've got humans with mannequin body parts covering them and (laughs) just mannequins standing around everywhere and landmines hidden about the place so this this is a lot of like very big choices we're making big decisions for this from start to finish this film is nothing other than big choices big loud choices nicholas cage does successfully find her uh he gets quite excited by the fact that the mission's almost over he gets excited in a way that uh gets a bit confusing one of the testicle bombs goes off so (gasps) oh no so one one testy falls off him and he picks it up and it's like (gasps) no later on because the daughter's trying to run back to the ghost land he grabs her quite aggressively so one of the arm bombs goes off which doesn't lose him his arm it just like rips it open and that's that's horrible now and then you have this thing of him trying to get her away from this weird ghost land while everyone's chanting going like we've got to find her and destroy everyone and chase 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 mad max chase scene blah 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 she is mute first psychosomatic but she can't speak which is a problem because nick cage has only got three days to do this unless she says her name into a little speaker he's got on his arm which will give him an extra two days so oh my god so he has to try and convince her to speak and just because the film's getting on a bit she goes okay i can speak now says name they get an extra two days when they get back to samurai town her dad obviously double crosses nick cage and a massive fight ensues but cage and the lady team up and kill everyone and then they just walk into the sunset the end right so that wow there is so much going on in this film some of the bad yeah it's got pretty much 50 50 split of people loving it and hating it all of the bad reviews <laughs> seem to say that somehow it's boring i don't understand what movie they were watching I I don't know whether my frame of reference, whether my ability to be pleased is so low and I am so easy I am such an easy mark for films, which could be true. I I tend to really enjoy a lot of films which people go sort of like, no, that was rubbish. And I'm like, really? I, I had a lovely time. So maybe it's me. But I thought it was really exhilarating, so silly. And if you've seen any like Sionsona film before, it falls beautifully in line with what he does which he has Mm. cameras which shake everywhere he makes you feel very physically uncomfortable watching the films just in terms of you know travel sickness or motion sickness and that you've got lots of that there's a very sparse color palette in the film but all of the colors are blindingly bright it's incredibly vibrant and nick cage looks awesome in a thick leather jumpsuit <laughs> with cool. with these bombs on. he looks cool and again it's similar to a, uh, we've seen a few films where cage is almost silent throughout the whole thing and this is another one where he grunts and says very few words throughout all of it right and if this isn't enough to make you intrigued and fall in love with this movie nicholas cage in real life 
met his fifth wife on the movie set of this. Oh. Yeah. It's such an enjoyable romp. <laughs> what I will say out loud on the on Cage Fight, just because people will probably be aware of it and it's like elephant in the room. Sion Sono, as a director, has currently got, at time of recording, which is, what, uh, 2nd of September 2023, he's got a couple of allegations against him for sexual misconduct. Essentially, so the allegations go, he offered people roles for sexual favours and did the whole sort of abuse of power to make them feel like there was nothing they could do other than accept and people have spoken out about this this is still currently going on so whatever the resolution ends up being i don't know what it is there is a chance that people will be against this film because of his involvement and currently there's a at best there's a question mark over him at worst he's a criminal which kind of does spoil the film a little because you're watching it going this is so much fun oh my god look there's there's another actor i wonder if they're feeling comfortable or feel pressured to do be here or that. so yeah. other than that which i th- i i don't want to like lower the tone of everything and i don't mean any of that in a dismissive way just it seems wrong not to raise it because anyone who's aware of this film will almost certainly also be aware of that and i know that that's currently going on and that does color the film a little but going back to the film itself nicholas cage has entered this wonderful time in his career where he will often at the same time as doing an incredibly ludicrous loud bizarre film he strips the character so bad because in this film it's so busy and it's so loud there probably wasn't room for him to be really weird constantly and screaming woo and doing all of the Nicolas Cage stuff but he sees that So he is this restrained, sort of quiet, strong, silent type until a bomb goes off and he loses his nut and that. (laughs) And he just uses that to be really threatening. Like, there's a lovely scene where he's surrounded by people who have all got samurai swords and machine guns out or pointed at him. And he just looks at them and just does, you know, the threatening thing where people just lurch forward an inch, just go like, yeah, and everyone just backs up going like, he just does that and just smiles. (laughs) (laughs) but it's such a fun film it's so silly and i love that they decided to do a prequel of it as a comic book which i have not yet read but rest assured listeners i will be getting that and reading it (laughs) sweet yeah i love that i love that little the silent tenseness Mm. of a character and yeah that sounds that sounds like an excellent fun movie and and it does feel like kind of a baller move as well if you're like i'm gonna do a role and i'm gonna be the poster star the lead person i'm gonna say almost nothing and i'm gonna act this so restrained and i'm gonna steal every scene that i'm in (laughs) it's incredible like he's not rushing for it but he does steal every scene that he's in and there should be more of these gonzo films that are a blend of all kinds of different... Because this is a genre movie. It's definitely a genre movie. Yeah. However, yeah, it's yeah. about four or five different genres at the same time. <laughs> but what yeah. is the Wild West? Except uh, Wild West is both science fiction and samurai movie. Well, the Wild yeah. West... Wild West movies are science fiction movies. And science fiction movies are samurai movies. Like... Yep. Uh, and it it gels 
so well. It's so fun. It's such a fun. F- I think you would fucking love it as well. I think you would really, really. Yeah, love it, it sounds awesome as fuck, mm. and it sounds like a really good time. Oh, yeah. amazing! I, I would personally be pushing for this to be the winner. I know Kickass is. It's kind of a modern classic now, Kickass, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a strangely art. I shouldn't say strangely. I'd say surprisingly, it's like pretty popular mm. amongst a lot of people and you know i i like kick-ass too uh what it does is is fine it's 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 good it, it has a point to it but i've always felt like kick-ass sort of like when when it eventually gives in to the stereotypes mm. that it is openly criticizing uh that's when i kind of fall off the movie a little bit i see yeah i get that yeah it you know it's it, it it's a it's a slight disappointment that it it's like oh superheroes and then it's like yeah yeah superheroes. <laughs> so it is a bit like having its cake and eating it too sort of thing like, yeah it's it's like again fantastic movie hmm. i think it's a lot of fun but uh it, it drops that little bit for me and and as much as i do like uh nicholas character's Nicholas characters. Nicholas characters. Yes. Nicholas characters. <laughs> uh, in the film, uh, I you know we could have used more. Yeah. Our, it's a shame he died because then I would have watched the sequel and I, and I won't watch the sequel. Yeah. Like, um, would there be a room for a prequel then, which is just uh, Big Daddy and his wife well, and uh, giving birth uh, yeah. to a Hit Girl and that. I don't know whether what her name. Maybe I, it's like his whole arc is kind of in this movie. Okay, fair enough. But then that's also very, very uh, satisfying, isn't it? When someone's got about ten minutes, maybe fifteen minutes of screen time, and everything you know you need to know about them is expressed, you get given a fully mm-hmm. fleshed out backstory. Sure. They they turn up, they knock it out of the park, and they bugger off without without outstaying their welcome. I think that's quite a satisfying thing. Yeah, but I I do I do like the sound of this uh, film. I think that again I I I really enjoy the fact that he's gonna go in. I I love the idea that we're gonna get an angle from Nicolas Cage that we don't normally see. Yeah, um, uh, that we rarely get to see, and so and the film sounds like so much more fun. Like it just sounds like so much more creative it, and interesting. It is. And like I barely scratched the surface. Like there's there's lots going yeah. on in this film. And to such a level that I wouldn't be surprised if it's a film that gets studied over and over because there's tons of things and tons of bits like is that just for color to make it look awesome or is there something yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there's so much going on with this film that I missed and I won't pick up on until I've watched it three or four mm-hmm. times which I will but um, and all of this guy's films are uh, uncomfortable I know but they're all they're all full from start to finish they're all mm. overflowing with ideas and stuff and I love choices like I love I think I've said it fucking every episode yeah, of this yeah, podcast yeah. but I love a really defined choice exactly and sort of a defiant one as well so like w- yeah. what's happening lots when all the time brilliant <laughs> Yeah, I think it definitely has my vote for sure. Yes! Prisoner of the Ghostland, you are going through. 
Woo. Great name too. Isn't Prisoner of the Ghostland? Oh, and fantastic! The poster name. looks. It's the sort of poster that you would quite happily frame and hang on your wall. Hell yeah! I have to look at it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, this looks fucking dope. Yeah, dude. it's so good. Cool. It, Very cool. Get involved. Get involved. But you spend a lot of your time watching Cage films, as do I, as do a lot of people. But that can't be the only thing you do, Thomas. Surely that's not all you do. What else do you do with your time? Is there any? Unfortunately, I also do other stuff. Yeah. Other stuff being playing Dungeons and Dragons at 11 p.m. EST on twitch.tv slash Otter. That's O-F-F-D-U-T-Y-O-T-T-E-R. Otter. We play, we're playing through uh, Curse of Avernus. No. No, no. Descent to Avernus. <laughs> Sorry, I thought about. I had Curse of Strahd and Descent to Avernus <laughs> kind of mashed into my brain, uh, and that's both sides of my brain going. At Curse of Strahd, the very serious I had campaign. Everyone <laughs> refuses to make it as serious as the writers wanted it to be with Curse of Strahd. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. They are just like what sexy vampire daddy anyways <laughs> so we're doing that <laughs> we're, we're having lots of fun so come and join us and if you can't the vods are saved uh so you can do a little bit of catch up if you feel like it's necessary but i gotta tell you something it's probably not just watch it live. <laughs> don't no don't say that say it is necessary where before you watch oh, yes. it live yeah don't don't turn people away like absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> yeah 100% you gotta see every second of this of thing. course you do you gotta be up to date with it because there's gonna be twists and turns that you cannot predict there's gonna be so many uncomfortable moments that you'll miss perfect I'll tell you what when when you've watched all of the VODs and you've watched it live and you're up to date with that and only when you're up to date with that it'll be interesting if you go I've heard a lot about this book Bible but it's usually spoken about by uh, idiots and republicans <laughs> Is there any way someone could explain it to me in a way which is irreverent, probably quite offensive, but simple? Well, yes, there is, dear listener. I have done all of the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible, and I am working through New Testament currently. I like to think that I put these things across in a very easy-to-understand, aggressively blasé and indifferent approach I take to it. And, you know, listen to it, enjoy it, subscribe, tell the world. Because what the world needs now are more interesting choices from Nicolas Cage, more uh, videos of people playing D&D, and a new translation of Bible written by an atheist. Excellent. Yep. Beautifully done. And I could not recommend it more. It's excellent easily digestible mm-hmm. content yeah that's what we need good great content in fact and hashtag yeah great content hashtag it up yes absolutely and if you enjoy this content that you're currently listening to mm-hmm. consider the possibility Cons- in the infinite spanning universes of possibilities clicking the like button leaving Ooh. a comment sharing it Ooh, imagine with people that you know and love wouldn't that be just that would surely drive our universe toward a more singularity of the best possible possible of all possibilities, right? That will converge all universes to Nicolas Cage, which is secretly the what we're going for here. This is all actually a cult yep. um, of Nicolas Cage. 
and we're that's why we're heading forward just trying to converge all possibilities into one singular Nicholas Cage. So if you would like that and I know you would consider telling somebody about this and let them know th- about spread this the word. little silly podcast. And don't worry listener, I heard him say cult of Nicholas Cage and I knew that that would be a standard place for anyone to say what did you call Nicholas Cage? I didn't miss that possible joke. I just chose not to have it. <laughs> And I can't, I, I don't want to do that joke, but I can't stand the idea that some of you may have thought I missed it. <laughs> he didn't miss it. Okay? I didn't miss it. I just didn't. God damn just, it. Anyway, that's it. You, you've upset me now, listener. I'm going. Goodbye. Goodbye. What do you say we cut the chit chat a hole?